listeners and welcome back to another episode of Straight Up, which is recorded in a very different environment than usual. Firstly, we're not on bloody Zoom, we're actually together. I know, it's like so the good nice, old days. Like we used to be. Sitting up opposite each other. And we haven't got a celebrity guest on this week because no. who needs them when you have us? And we've decided that we're going to just talk about what it's like to be a journalist and a celebrity journalist, what it's like to work in the magazine industry. I know, so forgive us now guys that we don't have a very juicy celebrity guest, but we did think that it was only right that we actually dig out some of our own absurd anecdotes from over the years. Obviously we have shared a few here and there, They're but- They're probably more interesting than a celebrity guest. They are guest. quite ridiculous and we have quite a lot of fun talking about that stuff. So hopefully you guys will really enjoy it. Exactly, we think there's a lot of myths that need to be debunked around celebrity journalism. Um, so we're gonna go. So we're gonna lubricate our chat with. Oh my god, yes, champagne is champagne. so necessary. I feel really awkward talking about myself as well because I realised like I don't think I've actually ever been interviewed. I know you did that one with Press Pad literally the other day, didn't you? But well, I've... actually, the first interview I did, I ended up talking about paedophilia, oh. and I wanted to, literally for like a week, I wanted to kill myself. And I now realise why celebrities ask for copy approval because I desperately wanted to get copy Be able to like remove that yeah. from the internet. I was talking about paedophilia in relation to an article by the way, not just like- As a random. As a random. Hot topic. Hot topic. Um, but yeah, you're not very, you're not very um, sherry of personal uh, information. I'm or... not very good at like, yeah, but I, maybe it's because I've never been asked a lot of questions because I've never been interviewed. I always think when I'm interviewing like talent, I know obviously it's their bread and butter. They prep for it they know what they're doing they get asked the same question like a million times a day but I'm always thinking I really don't know why I would say to this because I don't know you're expected to be able to like outline your like worldview and philosophy and say really succinct witty little vignettes yeah but I I kind of think it's an extension of their they're still performing performing, still on stage in some kind of way like it's not really who they are but no you're right I mean but also, you've got to have an ego to be able to think that your opinions are that. And all, all I know, artists... I am great at talking about myself. I'm not going to pretend that I'm <laughs> don't like being asked about myself. Like a You're dinner not a party shrinking violet. or something. Yeah, at dinner party, I'll be like, yes, basically when I was five. Ooh! Ooh! It's Wednesday, guys. Well, actually, yes. it won't be when you're listening to this. It'll be even further closer to the weekend. Glasses. Um, glasses. So we first met when we were both working really late in the office one night and there was like this like bottle, oh no, there was some beers in the fridge and I remember being like, oh, Kathleen is like the only other woman in the in the office. Like, is she a threat? Um, but I'll befriend her. So I got cracked out a beer for us. Yeah. And then I can't, I don't think we actually spoke, but we just drank a beer together. Did we speak? No, we did, we did. Because I remember you told me the story, speaking of Facebook Lives, we left at the same time because we were both going to like various late dinners or something like that. We both like booked dinner no, so we could actually, stay after half eight. Like, me all the way home because then your granddad's old people's home was yeah, on my road. Was I was like, uh, yeah. are you gonna leave? Why are you literally on my road? I'm like, oh my granddad's um, literally lives right there. Um, but we, yeah, with Facebook Lives, no, because I remember you told me that day that you'd actually had, re- don't know why this was what we were talking about, but you told me that you'd had really, really long hair until like two weeks before and then you'd cut it all off because someone had said that your hair looked like horrible and long and ratty on a Facebook Live. Oh my God. And then God. I was like, oh my God, is this what this job is? Is it literally just exposing yourself to people absolutely annihilating your appearance yes, it and is, your questions? Actually. Do you like- remember when they told me I had a widow's peak and whoever, whatever fucker told me I had a widow's peak <laughs> on Facebook Live with Joe Jonas. Do you have a widow's peak? Yes, I don't know. But I that, do. what's wrong with having a widow's peak? Well, 
Well, it means it's just that, a hairline, isn't it? Yeah, like, yeah, but it was like it's quite nice because then you can like do really nice, uh, well, front bits. You know what? When I saw Faze um, from Love Island's Widow's Peak on this year's Love Island, oh, I, I did feel a lot better because I was like, bloody hell, your Widow's Peak's miles bigger than mine. <laughs> Basically, the the issue with the Widow's Peak is it's often conflated with a receding hairline. But is a Widow's Peak is like forwards. And <laughs> I actually don't want to talk about it. Okay, sorry, it's yeah, quite we'll traumatizing. But, but anyway. basically, I cried all the way home. So I hope whoever isn't listening to this feels really bad. But my first impressions, obviously, with Ellie was this like super confident, super accomplished, super like intellectual whiz kid. And I felt so inferior. I remember in one pitch, in the first pitch meeting that I was ever in, which was with Dylan Jones, who's the editor of GQ at the time, who's this like really, really highly respected um, figure in journalism editor. And I was nervous as it is. And uh, Ellie then, everyone has to go around the room and say their idea. And Ellie's idea was about like going to do some kind of really interesting think piece about a current uh, art exhibition in Paris. It was, was about like global relations between Russia and France. Yeah. Linked and you... to a new museum. <laughs> so I died. I was literally like, oh my God, that girl is so clever. She has the best French accent because I didn't actually notice that she was half French then. Um, so I thought she was just, you know, Also, sick. the only reason I was going to Paris is because I wanted to update yeah, you actually the GQ like Paris free guide. holiday, but you like made it sound as if you were like going specifically for this um, exhibition. And then my idea that I share, I'm like, so I was thinking that we could do something on coffee shops that serve cocktails in the afternoon. Yeah, but that's a great that's idea. And I remember idea. when you said that, I remember being like, God, that's such a good idea for the detail section. Yeah. And which it got snapped up straight away. And it just shows how like, ladies, if you're listening to this, our imposter syndrome is so real. We both so each silly. felt like the other one was amazing. And we both like, felt beat ourselves like up for our we own were ideas. such frauds. So funny, isn't anyway. it? Um, so we are going to go on to some fun celebrity questions because, hey, we know that's like why we're all here. Yeah. We were trying to think, what is the best party we have ever been to together? And I don't mean this in like an annoying way because obviously it sounds like that when people go to lots of things, but... Uh, parties are not as fun as they look on Instagram yeah. let's face it like parties with people that you don't know like none of your mates are there yes the drinks are free which is like a great like novelty at the start but you feel a bit of a outsider pauper compared to like, all the celebrity guests that are yeah. there anyway you feel like a massive wally like the novelty just does wear off, doesn't it? And well, we were saying, but you were saying, Kathleen, very astutely, that all these like pictures that you see of like journalists or like influencers at these amazing like parties of celebrities being like, had the best night of my life, partying with so and so, or doing this. It's like mm, it's very glossed over. Yeah, version of what you're not you're partying with them. You're partying adjacent to them. Like they're in the they separate cordoned off the IP section. Yeah. You're definitely not like rubbing shoulders. And if you are, you're lame because you're that sneaky journalist that's trying to push themselves near the talent and try and like be adjacent to that like star power. And I just think that's so uncool. I think you have to pretend that you have not noticed who they are and you are just, you know, an equal rather than yeah. like, giving away the how you truly feel, which is like I say, like an irrelevant peasant. Exactly. <laughs> But saying that, we have like men of the year, and this is not just to big up GQ because we both worked there for so long and met there. Men of the year is genuinely like the best event. Like it's so starry. It's just crazy seeing like that number of huge names in one space. So it kind of dulls all the other memories in that when I try and look back now and think of all the parties that we've been to together, they loom so large. Because literally there'll be like Prince Charles, Dua Lipa, Kylie Minogue, Ed Sheeran, I can't even think of any other names, but they're just like any like like big Hollywood actors. Like it's 
And also there's no, unlike other parties that you tend to go to, where like if you go to like the Brit Awards after parties at the Atlantic, Warner, Universal parties that all like played off against each other. The talent like sorry the celebrities party in a separate party to the party like they're not roaming around they're in like a vip bit or whatever i remember that the warner the warner party that was at yeah so the freemasons place exactly and it's yeah. so awkward i actually kind of hate that because it's so like we're on this level it's like and us and them you, yeah Very, and you yeah. can watch us you can watch us party which is certainly what everyone does you just watch the like class above you partying oh and- my god can you please tell your victoria secrets party Oh yeah. I feel like that's far enough away now that we're not gonna get done for like libel. Yeah, so I got sent, it was all very exciting, got sent to um, Victoria's Secret in Paris. Also, can I just say, side note, I think that's always really interesting as well because it shows how quickly cultures change. Like obviously we know now Victoria's Secrets are trying to be inclusive, but no one cares and the whole business has become like a bit of a flop. Whereas five years ago, Victoria's Secret's show was like literally one of the biggest events of the year. And it was considered completely acceptable and normal for a men's magazine to be covering it in depth. Which exactly. now would feel a bit off. It would be really odd. Exactly. Yeah. And I remember being really obsessed with Victoria's Secret as well with oh loads of my girlfriends. I mean, I've, you know, I still very much like their swimwear. So I know they're not the best I, brands yes, in a lot I of have ways. a great you one have piece that from costume. there. When yes. I told you loads of times, trust me, the bikinis are so yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're very flattering, not No, yeah, you're right. And yeah. not like, I'm not, you know, the flattest chested woman. And uh, it fits me very well. You'd think that with Victoria's Secret line, it would be like for weight. For like, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're really good bra. Yeah, they're for like all sizes, all shapes and sizes. The bras oh are God, good. I've just had a really awful flashback to when I was with the with the VS girls before the uh, show and um, with the photographer for GQ taking pictures of them whilst they were getting ready. You go in and it's like, it's like going to like some Barbie doll's house. So they're all in this room with identical little dressing tables. They're all in identical little- Oh, they have their little dressing gowns. Pink dressing gowns. Yeah. They're all with their phones having like water um, getting made up and they're all in this line. There's like 30 of them and they're kind of sorry, but they kind of all look a bit the same anyway, because they're like models. All like long tall sticks, Yeah, basically. exactly. <laughs> and um, I remember going and I didn't know who they were because um, it was really like, you would often get sent to these things the day before. You wouldn't have time to prepare. Yeah. I didn't have any questions for these women. And it's not really your like, it's not my bag. Bag. Yeah. bag. yeah. But anyway, so I remember going up to Stella, Mac- um, Stella Maxwell and so my questions, I think I had to do like a, ask them like what they want their man to buy them for Christmas. Cause it was like for the GQ. I think they wanted to the do gi- a, guide, a gift like, guide, gift oh, guide from yeah. the VS models for, for, for men. For men. Yeah. Which yeah. is kind of cute. But... Which is kind of cute. And I went up and Stella Maxwell, unfortunately was one of the first women I spoke to. And I didn't realize that she that she's gay. gay. Yeah, yeah, didn't know that. And we had this very awkward conversation where I wasn't getting well, and it. When you said, why are you buying a boyfriend for Christmas? What, yeah, what do you want your man to buy you this Christmas? Oh, oh God. And she was yeah. making this really, I think because I was so nervous and she was like laying it on quite heavily. Like a like, oh, well, I don't think I'll be doing that. And I wasn't understanding oh, it. No. So I was you just going for it further until I can't, I think I kind of blocked it out of my memory, but I think she said something quite withering and I had to leave. Um, <laughs> but yeah, anyway, the after party was um, really you know, quite uh, tense because the weekend and Bella Hadid had just broken up and it was like the most like high profile breakup of like the last And he months. performed at that year. Yes, didn't and he? And oh she my was God, the, the sexual chemistry when he was performing and she was walking past, it was insane. I literally felt part of it, <laughs> I felt part of it. Uh, and then afterwards I was at the after party and I think my, I had to like write up a review of the party or something. 
or something like that and so I wrote up a piece look like just focusing on them so they're in this like special cordoned off VIP bit and I saw the Hadids Gigi and Bella and wasn't Yolanda there as well oh yeah Yolanda was there and they were having a massive Barney with the weekend I've lit Barney is like such a weird like <laughs> dated term that I've never used before. And Bella. Yeah. And Gigi was like closer to the weekend. What's his name? Abel. Mm. Uh, and like telling him off. And like Bella was like, yeah, basically they were having this big fight. And so I went home and thought I was like, like so Number part of that world. Yeah. thought I was like doing hard to Party insider. Diarist over there. So right, like this whole piece just completely speculating on their relationship and like talking about exactly how this fight unfolded. And my editor at Gigi was like, thank you so much I don't know but this is unpublishable uh so yeah and it's like I stayed up till 2am doing it but anyway that was quite fun what are your best celebrity sightings oh my god it's so hard to say isn't it so one of the other I guess to go back to what we said before as great as many of the years there are other events that are really really amazing and special and one of those I feel is Chilton Firehouse (gasps) Brits After Party um was it Warner I think it is Warner that did it the two years that we went which were like just before the pandemic um but it is just fun because you get to the thing about that's good about the Chilton one is that it's less, as Ellie says, like um, segregated. Yes. And it is nice to see like the year that I'm thinking of, maybe I want to say it was 2018, maybe it was 2019. It was the year that Dua Lipa um, did really well. And it was like her big year. And did you see her there? Yeah, we saw her there with like, yeah, she was with like all her usual like, friends and fam or something and they were all just dancing it was just nice to like see someone celebrating their win like that was felt like she really was wholesome dad. I think her hot dad was there yeah um, and that was also the year that then Lizzo had been there we just missed her because we got oh there too late God, and we were like, that's literally a travesty. Um but that's fun because that actually does feel like excluse and like yeah, you do yeah, feel yeah. part of it like you're saying rather than just like some awkward like extras and the Tilted um, Firehouse just generally has a celeb hanging out there yeah it just has it that it has vibe. a secret for anyone that hasn't been when you do go it has a secret door in the, in the bathroom loose, yeah. that leads out to a secret smoking area where they have free cigarettes not that that's recommended and free sweets yeah and um i also do like to be fair i'll top you up yeah oh my god please i love when you see celebs at like events that you wouldn't expect um so i don't know why one of the ones that always sticks out to me is that i went to wiley's book launch it was at um the edition yeah and it was in like the, the club downstairs which i think is now it's called something else than what it was anyway we saw Riz Ahmed there, but just in the, I literally just stood next to him oh at the bar. God. Like he was in the crowd. He wasn't in like the cordoned off VIP bit. And he looked like such a cute nerd. He Do had a little cap seems on. so nice. Was but was buying quite... like a, round, a big round of drinks, like was a group he? of people that he was with. And he just seemed so incongruous. Like that's what I liked about it. He wasn't, it yeah. was like, you wouldn't know. He was with He's someone else. that's played the fame game so well. Yeah. Even recently, did you see that thing that he actually like, when he mentioned really casually that he was married and like, On the Louis with Louis that Paul actually cast. famous, mm. she's like an American writer, isn't she? Um, also, it was really early on. It was one of our first events together. So I remember that really cute picture. I think it was the first time I ever have a, like my first ever picture of you on my phone, which now I look back, it's like so blurry. Like, Jesus, technology's improved. It was at Westminster Abbey and it was the launch party for Doctor Strange, <gasps> the film with Benedict Cumberbatch. That Do you remember was, that? Oh yeah, which that's was actually right. really amazing. That's, yeah, I have to say in terms of just like scenes, that is the most incredible incredible party walking through St Paul's Cathedral I don't think I'd even been to sorry uh, Westminster Abbey which I don't think mm. I'd even been to no I'd never been there before and but, and also I was like god party at a church it's so yeah, wild yeah, yeah. I can't believe they're allowing this and it was like full on black tie and uh, it was all lit up and it looked so atmospheric and moody. it was really nice that it's beautiful actually just for the fun venue Benedict Cumberbatch was not that nice to me oh no did you what did you do did you embarrass yourself you, you were doing red carpet <laughs> questions weren't you I can't remember there's a lot of my life that um 
is blocked out for these reasons. I think I offended him. Oh, I said something slightly tactless. And then um, me and a colleague uh, spent the whole night like actually stalking him to try and apologize. And he just wasn't having it. I think red carpet questions though, any, uh, any journalist listening will understand how hideously awkward a red carpet or a junket can be because you have such limited time and you know you're hyper aware of the fact that the celebrity in question has answered like the same question a million times that they would probably rather not be there just like a bit awkward like you just feel uncomfortable and you know that you're boring them like really you had you that something like Courtney super... Love didn't you oh my god literally like men of the year I asked her it was just like those stupid trite questions that you write but I was like so who do you think is going to be the performer tonight and she was like I really don't know and I just don't want to guess just tell me <laughs> did you gave tell me, like, her the dirtiest look yeah I did I was like oh okay sorry it's actually uh, so I kind of, of I, I kind of get that but I'm also like we're just trying to do our job be nice I know but can you imagine how boring it is when you've literally well, do you done know how like boring 30 it is years asking? it's boring asking her sorry we're bored yeah <laughs> it's like it's fucking boring who was it that told you like told you to get better questions like, Steve Coogan what, what and he just said um get. I, I think I asked him like so like what's your look for tonight or something I sorry that's my phone ironically um the year before I think I had tried to have like amazingly tailored question to every celebrity I remember printing off like I remember you had like hundred yeah hundreds of pages which is then insane because you're just flash, yeah, fluffing yeah, through yeah. paper like a so it didn't work time. it all backfired so then the second year I did it I remember I'm just gonna ask everyone questions. like what are you wearing tonight who are you excited to see but um yeah Steve Coogan was not yeah again pretty grumpy celebrities that can be pretty grumpy and horrible yeah i'm trying to think of my my my, my grumpiest Has anyone been experience mean to you? no but i do find a phoner to be really awkward i don't know about you so when you have to have a phone call with someone that you've never met who's probably done 20 of them that day it's just awkward because you can't set up a, like you can't like there's no report, report. No. yeah exactly that you there's can't no vibe. and you just feel awkward asking anything that isn't like sycophantic and like specifically you like about their work like anything that could be like a little bit challenging that you could ask in a really fun way in person becomes like a weird grilling like yeah, on the yeah, phone yeah. So and true. you just feel really uncomfortable and I had something I, I mean this wasn't even that I was grilling her but and then once oh my god I was interviewing Gwen Stefani which obviously I was really excited about this was quite recently um, and oh I was really upset as well because it was meant to be over Zoom and then she and I literally sat there until like nine o'clock at night because obviously she was on LA time and I was waiting for my slot and then the other interviews ran over and so she couldn't do my interview so I like couldn't do the Zoom with One her. the shittest part of the job And it's really way. annoying she like sat yeah. there wearing makeup at nine o'clock at night at home waiting to do the interview. You wore makeup for Gwen. I know because I didn't want to look like a yeah, no, slug. You know, no bloody eyelashes or anything. And um, <laughs> I knew she'd obviously look really nice. She'd be doing a day of promo. I mean, not that I'm trying to compete with her because obviously she's going to be 8,000 times nicer than I am always. No. But um, then they changed it to a phoner. And then when I did the phoner, I had this mare where like my QuickTime audio on my computer wasn't working to record. Obviously, you can't record oh directly through an iPhone. And I was on my iPhone. Yeah. And I couldn't record the issue and I was just like frassing out and I had to like run into the bedroom to be like, Mom, give me your phone now <laughs> with Gwen on mute. Like when she's being like, Hello, hello, is anyone there? And it was just all and then you start the whole thing on the on a bad foot. No, yeah, yeah no, one. that's awful. Um so in person interviews are always the best, I think. Um What are the other um lows of the job? Oh god. Um do you know what? Um, <sighs> should we touch should I tell you about like one of my cringest interviews ever that oh, I should yeah. still die about now and I think oh, about yeah, it. Go on. Okay, so it was like 2017, maybe like October or something. It was with, and I can't, I'm going to feel lame even now saying his name, which I know is ridiculous. So it's Joey Badass, again, like I have to say it in an American accent because it's like, <laughs> Sorry, he sounds so. Can I just tangent? But when you go to an S and Abs class, oh. Arson Abs class. Oh. 
<laughs> do you say an ass, ass, an ass class, or do you, you say, say something English? Why well, don't know. Saying in such a weird way, ass. Well, I think ass. I can't say ass in because I feel like accent. when people try and do that, like, like I don't like that Americanism, like that a lot of people do. You know, they Spotify and like all those Party. terms of phrases that very like. Okay, posh so say ass and abs as you like, would checking into a. An, into a I think I'd have to be like, I'm here for ass and abs. <laughs> like <laughs> that just sounds. I wild. just don't know how. Else, but anyway, like I say, so like, I literally Sorry. already was like, oh god, how awkward! I need to figure out how to say his name, um, in an English accent. So do you without call him lame. Joey Badass to his face? Are you just like, well, hey, I think Joey. I just call him Joey. But anyway. Yeah. Um, he was doing an interview. It was like me and two other journalists were getting interviewed and it was before his show at, um, it was at one, his show in Camden. And basically, um, we were each meant to have a half an hour slot, you know, really way before the show, but then it kept getting pushed back, kept getting pushed back. It was me and three other journalists just sitting like in some shit room backstage. And also that's a side note, but I don't know. I'm sure people do realize this because a lot of people talk about it. This isn't groundbreaking, but backstage at shows is so unglamorous it's unreal like any of those unless you're literally at the O2 they all look like shitty rundown schools in the back <laughs> do you know what I mean like <laughs> I um, don't know if I've ever been backstage yeah you will like at Brixton Academy or somewhere um, like that you must have interviewed uh, someone backstage there no I haven't I've done quite a few things like that I did Laurel Connor at Brixton Academy um, I've now got a complete mind bank thinking of anyone else but have you been anyway. to backstage at the O2 uh, have I been backstage at the O2? Thing is, I'm now so I've had so no, many horror stories have. recently of like bouncers picking up like girls to bring back to their male artists backstage. You know how like people like bouncers are literally. Does that actually happen though? So I've like, read does, about this quite yeah. a lot recently of that they will literally scan the first two rows to see if standing. there's like fans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway, anyway, standing. um, what was I even saying about that now? I can't uh, Jay Badass. Oh yeah, so. Um, we all each had a half an hour start and then basically it was getting closer and closer to the start of the show and it was pretty obvious that we were not going to be able to get that because it was like well he's on stage at nine and it's now eight o'clock and there's like four of us waiting to do an interview kept getting finer and finer and it was like just more awkward as well because I had only been in the role that I was in for like a year I had very specific video content that I wanted to get and I made the very bad choice in hindsight uh, being naive of having like a prescriptive idea of my in my head of what I wanted the interview slash content to turn out like yeah. which I now since know is not the way to do it you want to let the person lead and follow the tangents that are interesting when they're speaking instead of trying to fit quite complicated ideas yeah. and then into not like listen a tiny to what they're saying yeah because yeah. you're so worried about them exactly. getting your line that you need mm. and anyway I'd, I'd watched all these different videos with him where he spoke like so interestingly um so like evocatively um and intellectually about uh the importance of diet and spiritualism i.e diet being about so much more than what you eat it's about what you ingest what you read you know that kind of stuff and I wanted him to talk about that obviously in seven minutes which is in the end what I got they were like sorry everything's running so so behind you have seven minutes you just can't talk about talk about the meaning of life with someone and expect them to talk about that <laughs> coherently on video no. and obviously I didn't know what else to do because I'd already like set that up and I had like my little tripod and oh, it was God, just actually mortifying so he's cute. like really tall he's literally like six foot five so when I went into the room I felt like such a tiny like silly little girl yeah but also like absolutely beefed and weed of weed in there not a big deal obviously but it was more like very obvious there was like him and his friends like hanging out before yeah. the show <clears throat> and that the last there was quite a few guys in the room as well they were all like drinking champagne and stuff it's just very obvious this is like the last thing on earth they wanted to be doing and I then had to be hello could you just uh, break down your philosophy of life in a uh, 50 seconds please for this video yeah and he was being like wait 
what was the question and stuff and it was just it was he was obviously really high and really like just not game and I was being way too lofty and ambitious and then this guy Powers Pleasant who's like his DJ walked in and I'd interviewed him before and he was like hey what the hell are you doing here and that made it a bit less awkward because he was like oh how do you know him it was like that slight so he put you on the level familiar. I think that is the worst thing about the job right is that sometimes you are made to feel like these people are just so above you and it's like actually I just felt so like the biggest leak on earth and yeah. it wasn't him he was actually a really nice man Joey. You know I mean? it was just literally I couldn't have felt more irrelevant and stupid and just embarrassed like it was just not do good. you feel yeah. though you were like in your mid-20s then do you feel now that you're 30 that you wouldn't feel like that again yeah, but I don't think it's about age. I think it's about experience. Like yeah, I say. Yeah, so like now true. I know, like I say, we, I've learned from doing hundreds and hundreds of interviews that going in with a prescriptive idea of what you want the person to say is like a surefire way to fuck it up. Like yeah, yeah, so you true. need to let the person say what they want to say, not what you want them to say. So Very I think wise that's words. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Part so of many it. times I've gone into an interview being like, I want the, I, I already think of how I'm going to write it up and the yeah, structure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have your idea in your head of what you want the piece to look like and that can be, because do you remember there was the journalist that got panned for doing the Rihanna US Vogue interview without questions. Yeah. Um, but I saw a quite an interesting thread on it at the time. I think it was just another like a UK-based journalist was saying, yeah, in a way, if you go without questions, you can have the best kind of conversation because then it is a conversation. It's not a... Also, she'll have done her research, interview. right? Yeah, you'll know. It's exactly. Like she so actually, And I had an interview recently, which was with an artist, as in a... Uh, like an illustrator artist, a contemporary artist, not a musician. And I couldn't use my questions because I had to use my phone um, to record the interview. And I only had my phone. It was at Freeze Art Fair. So it was a bit like on the on the fly. And it was actually way better. Because like yeah. you say, I'd done the research. I knew what my questions were. So I actually spoke to him about it like a normal and, human and instead of being some freak when that's they like were constantly relevant. looking at a piece Absolutely. of paper and like trying to remember how he worded a question just for the sake of writing it down. So yeah, I've, I've, I found I that really useful. Also talking of uncomfortable situations... Do you remember our interview with Wu Tang Tang? Oh my god, don't! It was really so, fun, but really, really fun. mental. But it does show, like, sometimes it is difficult for women journalists when you're interviewing a group of men. I had it similarly with um, with um, people just do nothing. Who, by the way, it's nothing on like they were great, but it is so intimidating emailing, uh, emailing, <laughs> uh, interviewing like a group of men in an unprescriptive situation where it's everything rests on you. It's like really overwhelming. And anyway, remember Wu-Tang Clan were just like completely off their nut. And we were like shut in this trailer with them while they were being pretty It was pretty really fun, but it was like one of those, because everyone always says like, wow, what's it like interviewing talent backstage? And you get this idea of intimacy that is not actually true a lot of the time because yeah. there's a publicist there. Yeah, we, um, there was no publicist. There was no publicist. I say literally we, you just, were doing it. I was just there. Yeah, was I was doing the interview <laughs> yeah. you were there with me doing some yeah. social or something. No, um, I was just there. But I think you did film up. some bits for me on my phone. Like you did some... Oh yeah, but I didn't work at GQ at that point. Did you not? No. Oh, so you just kindly did it for me. Yes, kindly. Um, <laughs> and yeah, it was the most um, sort of grey area interview. Yeah, we were in the... safe because they were fine. Yeah, and they it's... were really nice and, and, there was, and there was obviously loads of them and quite a few of them were like clearly kind of embarrassed of like how some of them we won't say names because I feel like that's just yeah. not appropriate. Some of them were just some like, of them were like directly being like, oh, come to our party in our hotel and like kind of bringing up quite like sexualized topics. Like, like one of them was talking about how like his job is so great because he gets to like fly all over the world and like sleep with all these different women. And then one of the other guys is like, uh, shut up, man, you're married. And like <laughs> yeah. properly tried to bring him back down to earth. Do you know like, what you know, it was? It was more just up. like, why are we, we are trying to have a serious conversation and we don't really want to talk about this and it's kind of insulting for you to be seeing our time 
And you're, it's kind of insulting that you don't see this as disrespectful conversation to yeah. us. That was, that was what it was. It was quite funny though, because I do think, and I, this isn't to like call them really old, because obviously they're not, but like you, there's such a difference between talent that's like of a certain age, like over 40 and then under. They've obviously just grown up in like different worlds or like as in they've like come up in different worlds. Like just that they, in terms of what's appropriate to say and what isn't. Like I did an interview with Tom Jones. who was like the nicest person ever. I literally loved it. He was really, really like Aww. fun and cute. But just the things he was saying, and it wasn't in a inappropriate way. Like I don't see it at all as like um, you know, I don't I don't think it's got like anything to be wary of to it. But it's just funny. He told me like a story, for example, about when he'd done a talent show one year, and this like got beaten by this like sixteen year old girl with massive knockers, and it was just kind of like <laughs> it wasn't. It was like so culturally like oblivious yeah, just for yeah, the moment yeah. i had that with I liam liam neeson i was interviewing him about one of his shit thrillers it was like called like snow plow or something i remember that one, um snow no that's no that that's different that's actually yeah. quite good and uh he like said something like oh um he called me love or something or babe or not babe because he's too old but something like love and then he went oh I shouldn't call you that me too me too right and it was like making fun of the me too movement and then he like clearly got very frazzled but felt that he'd made fun of the me too movement and it was just kind of just be like ah stop like just stop speaking right I, now and I kind of felt sorry for him though but yeah it was that generational like chasm God. Um, but talking about other interviews that have completely uh that make me cringe essentially BB Rexa when me and you thought we were so funny. Oh and no, so don't, don't say it. Clever. It's too embarrassing. Thinking up, again, a really cool video concept. We need to stop being on video, clearly. Uh, video concept with BB Rexa, who, if you don't know. It was know, like questions out of the hat, wasn't it? Yes, so yeah. we'd create, we'd written some kind Quick of. Quick questions out of the um, hat. Would you ever? No, would you uh, rather? Would you rather? They were would you rather? We'd written yeah. some would you rather questions. I actually think you had written some would you rather questions. And one of them, I think they were all pretty rubbish, but one of them was. Bear in mind, this is an American star and obviously humor, like, there is a complete gap in like humor in terms of what we find funny versus what Americans find funny. So I thought it would be really funny to recycle a question that I'd been asked in a vid video with a mate at uni where he'd said to me, would you rather drink a pint of sick or eat a sandwich of poo? Yeah. Even as I say it now, it is the least funny thing. You didn't even say a sandwich of poo. You said a poo sandwich, and she was when she tried to read it off the piece of paper. Well, did I even say a packet of poo? No, it said a, it said a pint of sick or a poo sandwich. It said, would you rather drink a pint of sick or eat a poo sandwich? And she read it off the paper in her American accent. And the look on her face, I was literally mortified. Um, and the then, publicist looked very confused. It was as like well. the last question as well, or something. It was like the penultimate. And it just happened to be the one that she pulled out of this hat. And yeah. Did she it, answer it? I think she did. <laughs> what did she fair. say? I, I think she might have said the pint of sick. Yeah, you would choose the pint of um, What would you choose out of interest? Oh, definitely the, oh, I, I mean, I say definitely the sick, but I It don't... kind of depends what they'd eaten before they were sick. Oh, please, I actually can't. <laughs> I know I have a sense of stomach, but I can't oh, yeah, actually sorry, even think sorry, about that. Sorry. Anyway, what was particularly um, mortifying is we then went back to the offices uh, and the next day when the video well anyway it was edited and whatever like the rough edit and we presented done. what we thought was this hilarious innovative Quippy. video with BB Rexer that would uh, be on the GQ YouTube channel and we gave it to editor and she watched it and she was silent and she didn't laugh at any point and then she went who wrote these <laughs> And uh, plus you, Kathleen, you didn't actually say. I wasn't it like, was Ellie. actually Ellie wrote them. I think I took the fall with you. I think we like 
pretended we did them together. And she was like, we are not publishing this. So it was not. I don't know. It was <laughs> not, not published. No, so that, published. sorry, BB Retzer, but that Or I think maybe they ended up publishing some like three minute version where they chopped out like every single question or something yeah. like that. God, that and also another awful moment that you were part of was when I accidentally completely misheard um, uh, what an interviewee was saying oh, to no. me. I'm not going to say his name. Oh, you're not going to say his name. Because okay. I think... Because then you might continue to further that rumour Further libel, yeah. yeah. So I had interviewed him and um, he's Can we just big. preface? Successful, very successful, like well-known musician, 100% you all know his name. And he also has like one of the biggest and best publicists in the business. We could probably mention her actually. His publicist is Barbara Sharon, who we had yeah, on the podcast. Yeah, shout out to BC. About a year ago, yeah, shout out to BC. But she's not someone she you want to get on the wrong no, side of. and bless her, she was not. actually very, very sanguine about the whole thing. Anyway, I interviewed him about some of this, these lyrics that were quite dark and about drug and alcohol abuse. Um, and I mean, this should be a learning curve. Artists don't always write about themselves. A lot of their lyrics are made up or about characters, believe it or not. Anyway, I had completely got the wrong end of the stick and thought this song was about him, had this interview thinking it was about him, had mis- misunderstood his responses and made the whole GQ piece about how he'd come out of rehab, like overcome this drug and alcohol To ad- have this like addiction. successful musician yeah. career. And I remember ice skating in Somerset House on my day off and my editor at GQ calling me be like, Eleanor, we have a problem this guy. It was a really big problem because he was performing at the Christmas party. He was as well. performing at so the British GQ Christmas, Christmas party, lunch. and he was like, uh, "Yeah, I don't like think he's. Ball. Yeah, I don't think he's going to be performing at the party. We've got a big problem. BC is very pissed off. Uh, did this? Did he actually say this?" And I was like, "Yeah, yeah, no, he absolutely said it." Let me just get my let me just get my transcript out. Get the transcript out. He didn't say it. He didn't say it. Really, oh, it was you. lyrics. I completely misunderstood. And I remember, thank. God, we groveled enough that he still played at the Christmas party. Yeah, and I remember really nice. you frog marching. I was like, I need to go and apologize. Oh yeah, my editor being like, you need to go and apologize to him to before face he plays face to face. And I couldn't do it. So then you very Which is kindly. funny because you're so confident. It's like one of those funny I'm things so where but you just couldn't do it. You were like, I cannot go over there. And I was it's like, come on, you've got this. We're just going to go over. It'll be fine. I just felt like this is his first big magazine article and I said that he was a recovering drug addict. I know, but you didn't do it maliciously. No, I didn't. Of course I didn't. But I was like, I feel so guilty that that is his first piece of coverage and it's like the worst thing ever. Like his poor parents reading that. Anyway, so Kathleen very um, kindly marched me over and I apologised and he was so nice about it and BC still came on our podcast. So it wasn't the end of the world. A good learning curve. It was such a good learning curve to aspiring journalists reading this. Fucking look at your transcript. Yeah, and think just about- double, double, double check. Also, I will say, you are a very thorough person, but you do sometimes have a tendency to, like, misremember things. Oh, <laughs> like, my God. I li- you're like, oh, I'm yeah, like- they definitely said that. And then you're like, did they? No. And then we look and we're like... Mm. I'm yeah. ancient. It's not doesn't bode well. I think there's just my... so much going on in your head at like any one time. <laughs> you know, your thoughts move so quickly that they can't quite <sighs> successfully filter with what's imagined and actually remembered (laughs) yeah this is why you have to write a diary if you've got a mind like mine okay we are we can't keep we can't keep wanging on because it's just ridiculous okay but lastly kathleen celebrities that have chatted you (gasps) up oh my god you know what not gonna lie i'd rather have more celebrities chatted me up over five years at gq but you know like we said it's embarrassing like you don't want to i would never want to um impose on a personal level on a celebrity because that's just no, cringe. Yeah, but but one time, one time I did get chatted up and it was by David Hay, the boxer. He Randomly. is, uh, is he renowned to be quite flirty? Well, I don't know because I don't really know like much about 
David Hay, other than like he who he is, is. But yeah, it was quite, it was, it was quite interesting. Um, so what I was did quite you say? Flattered, not gonna lie. Also, I did look really nice, to be fair, because again, it was men of the year, so I'd had my makeup freshly done. I've literally only ever had my makeup freshly done like four men of the year in my entire life. That's like the only event. So what was his Actually, little... maybe I have had it done. No, that is the only event. I've never had it done for like the Brits or anything. Mercury Prize. Really? Actually really boring, isn't it? Mercury Prize. Anyway. Oh tangent. my god, so um, Yeah, I feel like that is the only time I have my makeup professionally done, like the few Babe, times. that's not the interesting bit Anyway, here. sorry. What's yeah. interesting <laughs> is what David I Hay don't know, said. I can't remember what he even said now. He just like sidled over to me and like just started to like ask me like who I was and like what I was up to later when like, you oh. know, like that kind of thing. And I was like, hold on a second. Am I going to chat it up? David. Um, yeah. Yeah. What about you? Uh, <laughs> mine is, again well yours wasn't underwhelming but mine is more underwhelming I know I wanted it to be like a certain colleague that we had <gasps> at one time oh we've got to tell that story <sighs> you, you well you basically were, you some of the perks of the job and we'll end with the perks of the job because we don't want to sound too moany uh but um our colleague who really really did exploit a perk of the job was doing a fashion shoot at the premium suite of the Mandarin Oriental in London it was like a huge rooftop suite and she uh kept the suite for the rest of the night I don't know how she did it. Must have said the fashion shoot was going on late, so the hotel let her stay. Or maybe they just given them the twenty four hours oh, of the room yeah, yeah, or yeah. something. And she had a very famous male star up to her bedroom. But how did he proposition her? What was it? Was he had he been in the she, shoot and then he propositioned her after? She what, had so he had been a yes he had been in the shoot or maybe it was a different shoot, but she had styled him on a shoot. Yeah. Anyway, they're both very hot, so it's a. It's like the a kind of Devil Wears Prada story that you imagine when you hear about working in magazines, but that in reality, like, yeah. never really happens. Bear in mind, Kathleen and I never had that. And also at GQ, there was a one-in, one-out system to get into the kitchen. That's how glamorous it was. And yeah. do you remember my biggest beef? My biggest beef that almost went to HR at GQ was um, me getting a replacement kettle. Oh, yeah. And then didn't you buy two replacement kettles? George finally let you, and then someone stole one, like, instantly. Yes. Huge yeah. dramas. Anyway, anyway, sorry guys, that's hideously boring. So, <laughs> but it just um, shows, yeah, not as glamorous as you think. Okay, finally, then, what are the perks of the job? Okay, because I am a really nosy person. Like, literally, we're professional nosy people. I really <laughs> that is our title. literally professional nosy person. Can we have that um, as the title of our podcast? It'd be quite cute. Maybe we should. Anyway, I like going to people's houses and like getting to see like more of their world. Like we say, like there's something so impersonal about a yes. press junket. I like, oh, even there's something more personal when you interview a celebrity in their own hotel room. Like when we both did Ryan Tedder that day. Yes. Or like you could see his stuff like lying around. Yeah, like, yeah, you know, yeah. That just like gives you more of like texture and, and, to yeah, someone's life. Absolutely. Um, but I did once go to AJ Tracy's house, which was quite fun. It was like, he, I don't think he lives there anymore. It's like a really, really Does nice. It, is it West London? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like sort of Chelsea Imperial Wharf. And um, it was really cool because, yeah, seeing someone in there, he was wearing his slippers. When I first got there, he was literally like playing like Fortnite or something. And like, it was only about five minutes since the interview where he realized that I wasn't like the most hideously dull person on earth that he put the, what do you even call the it? console. No, that's the main bit. Else. Oh, shit. The, the, the handheld bit. Oh my God, this is mortifying. What oh the fuck God. do you call that? The controller. I don't know. Anyway, the controller. He put the controller down and paused it and actually spoke to me. And so that was great. And he <laughs> taught me, he had like a really cute, like, you know, like cause. Sorry, can I just say, it's kind of wild that the, the celebrity is such, right, that we are so flattered that someone stopped playing I know, Fortnite I know. and spoke to you in a professional interview after five minutes. I know. How nice of him, Well, at right? first I was like, this is a bit awkward that he's still playing, but I'm just not going to acknowledge it. I'm just going to keep rolling on through with my questions. I had the same thing with Stormzy. It's just, it, it was cute, but it's actually rude when you think about it. It is quite rude. But it then says a lot about 
you know, like how the, they see us the and state how we of journalism. Yeah. Yeah. And actually, we say it's quite rude, but literally, AJ Tracy is like the nicest person ever, and it was like one of my favorite interviews. Yeah, actually, ever. you have said that. I feel like he's, he's always so really nice personal, and he's him. actually one of the very few celebrities as well that he actually recognized, like, he'll, he's recognized me since and been like, hello, and actually acknowledged me as a person that, like, exists rather than, like, vacantly looking past me while they, like, steam on by. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that's um, true. Yeah, you've always said how nice he is. Yeah. And then also, what's another good pack? Yeah, it is fun doing, like when you get to do someone that's like on the cusp and then they become like a big name. Like I really love doing Shawn Mendes because he wasn't that, like GQ weren't even that, like they were a little bit, not indifferent, but I was like, we should definitely do this kind of thing at the time. Yeah. And everyone was like, well, great. Okay, yeah. If you think it'll be good, it'll be good. But he wasn't this huge name. And then the video suddenly became like really popular. And it was just like fun to have done someone like exactly the right time. Like there's no way I'd ever have got Absolutely. that opportunity ever again. Although really embarrassingly, I literally still get dug out for it to this day on YouTube. I haven't looked for a while, but because part of it as well, you do become obsessed as you know, with like reading the negative comments, even though I'm so not like a social media person. I post about once every 5,000 years. And I don't really give a shit about like this fake digital life. At the same time, it is mortifying when there's loads of negative comments on content. What did they made. say? And basically they were just like digging me out because I said Camilla Cabello. So oh. this wasn't when they were together, obviously. I was talking yeah. about like, I don't know, a like a dream collaborator or something. And I said Camilla Cabello and not Camilla Cabello. And I, all I the fans were like, oh my God, Sean's face when she mispronounces Cabello. Cabello, whatever. <laughs> I was like, all right, chill out. Oh, I'm sorry. I don't know this like random chick from fucking Fifth Harmony. Like it was like five years yeah, ago. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah. it was before. Well, I actually interviewed Camila Cabello just as she you was coming did. up as well for you the Telegraph. You did a Telegraph like kind of story, didn't you? And that is one of the perks of the job is that Sony flew me out to... That um, is dreamy. I don't think I've to, ever done anything where like did I, I keep wanting to say Montero, but that is the little Nas X song. Um, yeah, no, Toronto. Yes, but no, it wasn't there. Uh, wasn't yeah. it Canada? I think yes, it wasn't Canada. but it wasn't yeah. Toronto. What's uh, the other one? I don't know. Mon Montreal? Yes, it was Montreal. Yeah. Oh my God, I sound so thick. You I do know, yeah. That. Montreal, and um, it was amazing. And they put me up in this amazing hotel. They expensed all my food and drink. I remember like getting like the most expensive like steak for two people on my own. I know, that's like risky biz though was that was was i with you the other day when someone was saying about a journalist who got in really big trouble because they brought their own curtains to a hotel and tried to get them dry like tried to get them washed by the Are hotel and got baited by the pr and they were like what the fuck is this they literally brought their own curtains and tried to get them laundried. sorry if you can hear a dog by the way that is kathleen i know little laugh. right i'm gonna let him in um um, yeah, Kathleen's just tending to the dog. But um, yeah, that that is wild. I need to go and look that up. Anyway, other amazing um, perks, and this is what we will end on to inspire lots of other journalists to get into the profession when so many are leaving. Um, the free gifts and the free clothes and the free holidays and, and, the, trips, yeah. and the trips. So our best memory together uh, was when we, everyone thought we were so weird at work. So it's like, why are you going on a holiday with your colleague? Um, don't you have any friends to go on holiday with? No, everyone did think we were proper freaks for that. Well, I, I also wondered if they thought we were in a relationship. Well, we were like a lesbian couple. Yeah. Do you think we actually did? That'd well, I don't funny. know. Like, um, <laughs> anyway, and so we went to Marrakesh together with our boyfriend. <gasps> that was and like did a um, And I stayed, we stayed in separate hotels and one hotel and then the same hotel. We stayed at the Mandarin, Mandarin Oriental together and then stayed in separate hotels. And I stayed in the Riyadh that Anna Delvey stayed in and swindled. Um, you know, the Russian fraudster who will be coming to- I'm uh, really excited for like all those documentaries. All those Netflix. <laughs> Arthur? 
and Sorry then, about that, guys. Oh my god, we need to wrap up before he. Uh, and then, and then you stayed at like the <laughs> Royals, the Royal Hotel. Where did we stay? Yeah, the Royal Monsoor. That was like literally amazing. Do you know what though? I wish now that I could have spread out those amazing things like over a period of time because you get so like overwhelmed with amazingness that you almost don't like take. You it know, all we in. peaked at twenty four. I stayed um, at a suite that was nineteen thousand quid that's a night. Absolutely insane. When I was you never stay anywhere like that ever again in your entire life. No. Anyway, to be fair, um, I don't know if that still happens in Jainism. But I think it's probably getting less and less, yeah. especially after the pandemic, to be honest. Like, now Zoom interviews are the norm. So we were actually going to do um, our cultural picks at the end of this episode, but we've gone on for so long that we're not going to, and we're going to save it for a separate one. <gasps> no! Keep the dog away from the glass. Oh, God! Okay, okay guys. we're signing off now because Arthur's broken a champagne glass. Bye! Bye!